In geology, there is no substitute for fieldwork when other scientists' views can be considered against field observations. Ground truth helps support or refute the best theoretical models, so opportunities for getting out in the field should be taken, whether by seasoned geologists or those new to the discipline. Well worth the walk up here, and it's a fantastic day. Yes, look at that little island. You can see the dip clearly picked out, gently going 30 degrees to the south. Yeah, and the strike's pretty good as well. All the little ridges are running roughly east to west. So the older rocks are going to be on the north side of the island. The youngest ones are going to be on the south side of the island. But it's a pity we weren't here 10,000 years ago, though, because uh, it would have been absolutely fresh. Bare rock, glacial debris, but then we've had 10,000 years of Gulf Stream, uh, warmth, humidity, and the vegetation's come back with a vengeance. Exactly. Just look yeah. at this rock covered with lichen. Yeah, that's one of the problems. It's best, really, in the Hebrides to work on the coast, where everything's much fresher. Inland, only vertical cliffs are bare of lichen and vegetation. They show large-scale structure well, but are too inaccessible for detailed examination of rock textures and minor structures. Well, south side of the island, there's about as, as pretty high up in the, in, the, in the sequence, but look at this. Now that's rounded. It's pretty smooth as well. Look, look at this groove coming through here. That's glacial action from the, uh, from the last glaciation that's done that. And it's beautifully clean. All the soil and vegetation has been washed off by wave action. We should be able to see clearly relationship and texture. Yeah, let's, let's try and find a really, really good uh, exposure to get started. At last, this is a lovely exposure. They're all different size class and boulders. You have a granite here with the obvious pink felspar and the greasy grey quartz a nice, an amphibolite, more granite, a diorite, and a fine-grained ground mass. The, t the name for this is, is simply descriptive. It's a diamictite. Here we're sh showing matrix support and the boulders just sitting in it. Yeah, diamictite, that's this term that means just uh, a whole range of, uh, of grain mm -hmm. sizes. Yeah, nothing, nothing specific, nothing genetic. Uh, with it at all. The thing that fascinates me is you know, there's this great range of crystalline, igneous and metamorphic rocks. That's one thing. The other thing is they're fantastically fresh. It's, just, it's as though they've just been quarried. And well, that, that, What that says to me is that the environment that transported those, those boulders wasn't chemically active. But the, the other thing is that it's such a mixture. I, I happen to have read that there are, some of these have been dated, and they're a billion years older than the Dalradian, about 1,800 million years. So what processes do you think could have brought them here? I don't. That's the problem with, with something like this. It, it could be a, a multitude of different processes. Um, to, and it could be, it looks like it could be a tillite. Uh, it, maybe it isn't. I think we've got to get some more evidence. Uh, from some other outcrops before we can jump to any conclusions. Along the shoreline, diamictites are often perfectly exposed. This is different. The matrix is bedded. 
and it's studded with granites, large fragments and little ones. Well, the bedding suggests uh, current action. Um, the matrix is sandy, there's no, no silt or, uh, or clay in that. And a current would winnow out the finds just to leave uh, her sand. So it can't be a tillite? No, I think uh, the dimectite's been uh, reworked by flowing water. In places, the energy of the currents was high enough to remove sand-sized greens as well. Winnowing out left behind only pebbles and cobbles, so the diamictites contain examples of lag conglomerates. Yet more evidence for reworking by current action. Here's another granite boulder, and it's clearly a dropstone. It's fallen from above, and it cuts the bedding. It's a beauty. It does suggest that the diamictite accumulated from debris falling from floating ice onto the seabed. Yes, and the bedding would have subsequently covered it over. Yeah. And there's, there's lots, lots of these drop stones around. In the upper diamictites, the majority of clasts are granites, some up to a metre across. Where bedding is well developed, all the clasts cut across it, so each of them must be a drop stone. <laughs> 